0: morning how we doing good to see you this morning we are in week two of our uh, series on the book of Nehemiah and uh, today's message is about being prepared so go ahead and turn to uh, Nehemiah chapter 2 in uh, your Bible this morning Um, I I don't know about you but um, from time to time I I always get this fear, even after a lot of years uh, in ministry, it's that, and here's the fear, like sometimes I'll be a dream about it or whatever, and, 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 and it's that I would get up here on a Sunday or, or maybe be invited to speak somewhere, and I've just forgotten to prepare the sermon. And I think about it, like, what would you be thinking? How could you show up just not prepared? By the way, not today, right? Just want to make that clear. We're, we're ready to go, locked and loaded this morning, ready to go. I don't know, have you ever had that happen to you where you're supposed to be somewhere important maybe and either in a dream or just in your thoughts, you kind of like just blow it off? That There are times when, when people are in a position of great opportunity that they're just not prepared for, right? Like, like you used to see it. Years back at the Oscars, right, somebody would win uh, the Oscar that clearly didn't expect to win, and they would come up to accept their award, and, and uh, it's obvious that they just didn't prepare a thank you speech. It's because they didn't think in a million years that they would have won. The, the American poet William Matthews said this, unless a man has trained himself for his chance, the chance will only make him look ridiculous. If we want to be good leaders, if we want to make a difference in the world, we have to spend some time in preparation. And, and a lot of people want the end result without putting in the effort, right? Like I'd love to lose 20 pounds, but clearly I'm not willing to put in the effort. Not only we need to learn some stuff that we need to learn, but also we need to prepare ourselves emotionally for the challenges ahead. Because okay, leadership's not easy. It's rewarding. It's hard work. A lot of times work that nobody sees, it's work done out of the spotlight. It's about preparation. Well, football season is among us. How many people are excited about that? There's three. That's good. They're all Seahawks fans, right? No. Yeah, if you're like me, we're not excited about the season at all, right? Anyway... The great quarterback Dallas Cowboys Roger Staubach said this spectacular achievements come from unspectacular preparation. Nothing glamorous about getting ready. So today we're going to think about where you lead, whether it's in your family, whether it's at work, whether it is at church, wherever it is that you lead, and all the possibilities there. And I just think this morning in this Passage of scripture, it would be great for us to consider five ways in which we need to be prepared. So five things to get ready for. Um, That's just a part of the preparation process. And the first one uh, is this. uh, That is to get ready to wait. Go ahead and pull your uh, note sheets out and you can follow along with me. Last week we saw how Nehemiah became inspired with the idea of going to Jerusalem and, and rebuilding the wall. So in chapter 1, he hears about the problem. Verse 1, remember it it said, now it happened in the month of Chislev in the 20th year. Now Chislev coincides with late November, early December. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says this, in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. Here's my point. You can kind of see where I'm going here. Uh, Nisan coincides with late April, early May. So there was about a five or six month stretch of time in between when Nehemiah heard uh, about the problem and the time that he had a chance to actually do something about it, right? There was about six months of just flat out waiting. Now as we're going to see, he didn't spend time just doing nothing during that six months. It, it, but there was a, a period of several months where Nehemiah's heart was on fire to do something about this problem. And, and he was just not able to do anything but wait. That That's all he could do at that point. How many people are like good waiters? Not like serving food, but like you can wait. Sorry, that didn't make much sense, did it? Right, like waiting is hard. You know what I've experienced, Uh, I've experienced that there is a waiting room where your vision of what God has for you um, that's in between like the inception or the starting point of an idea and the conception of the point where it's realized. Well, like we started this church 20 years ago, anniversary celebration, side note, uh, November 13th, mark that on your calendars. You want to be here for that. But when God first placed this crazy idea of planning a church, there was this waiting time of about a year before we got started. And then when we merged with Fairwood Community Church in 2008, there was this waiting period of like nine months or so. And I think God allows this time of waiting uh, so that um, he wants to see what we're going to do with the vision, right, or, or, or the dream or whatever you want to call it. Right? Are we going to stoke the fire or are we just going to let the fire die out? And, and I think when God gives us a vision, he, he gives us th- that opportunity for it to kind of incubate in our heart for a while. He, he gives it time to grow. And so you can expect some time of waiting. However, while you're waiting, you don't have to waste that time, right? Verses 2 and 3 say this. And the king said to me, why is your face sad seeing that you're not sick? This is, is nothing but sadness of your heart. This is, or then I was very much afraid. And I said to the king, let the king li- live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And so, what Nehemiah did is he made the most of that waiting time, and 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 you can pray about it, and you can have meetings with people who can help you with whatever that vision might be. You you just get yourself prepared to do the work that God has for you, which brings us to the second thing in this time of preparation, and that is to get ready for the for the open door. So, in that five or six. A month period of time that Nehemiah had been waiting he'd been getting ready to share this opportunity with the king right he knew eventually that day would come when the king would say we see it in verse 4 the king said to me what are you requesting and so right away Nehemiah knew that God had given favor with the king and so his response of the king wasn't like you know go away Nehemiah no rather it was what are you requesting how can I help and so Nehemiah knew that, that that time in prayer was extremely important and when this interaction takes place Nehemiah is ready in verses 5 through 7 we'll look at it in a moment He he's like send me to, to Jerusalem so I can rebuild the city rebuild the wall the king's like how well how long will it take and Nehemiah is right there with an answer, and the Nehemiah is like, "Plus, I'm going to need some stuff, King. Like, I'm going to need a letter of safe passage for uh, the governors of the surrounding territories. And by the way, I'm going to need some credit to buy the wood for the temple and the gates and the house that I'm going to be staying in." And clearly, Nehemiah had thought this through. Clearly, he he did his homework, and so when the door opened. When the question was asked by the king, he, he was ready. And so then the king gives him uh, everything that he asked for. I tell people all the time when we talk about God's will in their life that you walk down the road and, and you open the door, right? And then you keep opening doors until either you reach your goal or the door is locked. So so I'm convinced we need to be ready so when the door is open, you're in a position to what? To go through it. All right, the third part of preparation is to get ready to spend some time in prayer. So when Nehemiah, or when the king asks Nehemiah, what do you want? Nehemiah says this, and it's the the last part of verse 4 that's interesting. He says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. And then he says to the king. If it pleases the king, and and if your servant has found favor in your sight, then you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone, and when will you return? And so it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And, And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me to the governors of the providence beyond the river that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Let me point out a few things here. Nehemiah prayed uh, again here. And this wasn't a long, extended prayer, I don't think. I mean, like he could have said, well, king, after the king asked him, you know, what what do you need? He could have said, well, king, you know what? I need to pray about it for a few days. I'll get back to you. But instead, it was immediate. And I think Nehemiah prayed, you know, like this short, like, help me, Lord kind of prayer. Nehemiah knew this was an incredible opportunity. He didn't want to miss it. And I get, and I realize, and and we've done a lot. We used to go on these prayer summits where we would pray for, you know, a long period of time, and and it's a great experience to pray for a long period of time. But prayer doesn't have to be long to be effective, especially if the situation doesn't allow a long prayer. Nehemiah again shows great wisdom as he respectfully asks for a leave of absence. And the and Nehemiah's vision was also revealed. He says, "I'm gonna rebuild the wall," and it was a huge job. It was a big goal, and and Nehemiah isn't going on a just a fact finding expedition here, to, or, or to tell the leaders of Jerusalem what a bad job they're doing. No, he goes to get the work done, and he's trusting in God the whole way. And Nehemiah is praying these short prayers. And I just think this is a great habit to get into. Just as you going through your day, situation or problems that pop up throughout the day, just to practice saying these quick prayers before you move forward. Like God, help me with this presentation. Or God, help me to do the right thing. Or God, help me to control my emotions or, or whatever it might be. And so the question is, is our immediate response in these kinds of situations to call on God? Is that the first thing we think about? Hey, God, help me do whatever. Also realize this isn't the only time that Nehemiah prayed. There are 13 chapters in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, There are nine prayers contained within its pages. We see it in chapter one, Nehemiah praying and asking God for help. For comfort, for forgiveness, for direction, for resources, protection, praise, on and on it goes. So this project of rebuilding the wall was bathed in prayer from start to finish. It's why whenever something goes right for Nehemiah, he's quick to give credit to the Lord, right? He's quick to give credit to God. Last part of verse 8 says, And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Right? It was second nature for Nehemiah to give credit to God because it was Nehemiah's first nature to make everything a matter of prayer. So if God has placed on your heart to lead in a certain area or to accomplish a certain task, begin praying about it now. Ask God to give you pure motives, to give you wisdom, to make right decisions, to give you courage to face the naysayers, and to give you humility and patience, right? Ask God to keep your ego in check or to provide what you need, to to guide you with his hand day after day. Just make everything a matter of prayer. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in a position of leadership at all, maybe at home or at work or here at the church or, or wherever, and you're not praying like you ought to, would you just start today? Just start with, with short, God help me kind of prayers. And then get into the habit of praying. It's a critical part of preparation. All right, the next part of preparation, number four, is to get ready for some late nights. Here's what happened. The king asked Nehemiah what he wanted. And Nehemiah tells him, and the king delivers and and then Nehemiah travels 800 miles to Jerusalem and and he begins to check out this project verses 9 through 12 then I came to the governors of the providence beyond the river um, and gave them the king's letters now the king had sent me with officers of the army and horsemen but when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant heard this it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel So I went to Jerusalem, and and I was there three days, and then I rose in the night, and and a few men with me, and I told no one of what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There's no animal with me but the one in which I rode. And and, and I think that a lot of people have a, a heart that is touched like Nehemiah's for whatever God has called them to do. And maybe they have a heart of prayer, and maybe they have... Uh, the wisdom and the vision and the plan and the faith in Nehemiah. But I think a lot of times where we stop short is actually going out and doing what needs to be done for the goal to become a reality. That's not Nehemiah. He comes prepared. He has the letters showing that he was truly sent by the king. He had the captains of the army and the horsemen with him. He also had the substantial supplies of lumber from the king's forest. And the king of Persia who who had responded to Nehemiah's invitation to become a partner in the work of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. So after being in Jerusalem for three days, Nehemiah still didn't tell anybody why he was there and what God has put on his heart. And when Nehemiah enters Jerusalem with this military escort and lumber from the king, people would notice him, but he didn't say anything about his mission until the time was right. And I just think good leaders have a sense of God's timing. And, and then it says that night, with a few guys, verses 13 and 16, puts it this way, "I went out by night uh, by the valley gate to the dragon spring into the dung gate, and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem, that they were broken down in its gates and it had been destroyed by fire." And then I went to the fountain gate into the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass, and I went up. Uh, In the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and he turned back and I entered the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, and I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest who were to do the work. See, there's going to come a time when you're ready to talk about what God has placed on your heart, but I want to encourage you that during the preparation process, Sometimes it's it's best just to keep some things to yourself, right? During the preparation process, you can expect to spend late nights all alone, thinking and planning and gathering information and evaluating, praying, developing strategy, praying some more until the time is ready that you're to move forward. And, And here's the reality no one knows about the late nights. Nobody knows about the extra hour, and nobody really needs to know about that stuff. Leaders understand that we just we just arrive early and leave late. That's just the way it works. Do you know the average Olympian trains four hours a day, 310 days a year for six years to make it to the Olympics? In, in their tra- training, swimmers average 10 miles a day in swimming laps. Marathon runners run an average of 100 miles a week. Here's my point. The point is is that they pay the price. And every successful leader does the same. It just requires long days and late nights. And nobody's cheering you on. And the thing that's driving you is the understanding that you're doing something worthwhile for the kingdom of God. All right, the last part of preparation this morning is to get ready for some opposition. Verse 10, when Samballot the Horonite and the Tobiah the Ammonite servants heard this, it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. Drop down to verses 17 and 19. Uh, It says, then I said to them, you see trouble where you're in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. Uh, And I told them uh, of the hand of my God, that had been upon me for good, and also uh, of the words of the king that had been spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. And so they strengthened their hands for the good work. But when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant and Geshem the Abraham heard of it, they jeered at us and they despised us, and they said, what is this thing that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? You know, one of the unfortunate side effects of leadership is that you will be criticized, right? Parents of teenagers with me, right? I mean, it just happens. Yeah, you're going to be criticized. I had a guy one time we, when we were up at the school and we had our service in the gym and, and we got done and I was walking from the gym to the cafeteria where we had uh, coffee and donuts and all that kind of stuff and I'm walking up this ramp and this guy approaches me and he says this he says um hey i just want to tell you that was the worst sermon i've ever heard i'm like wow that's encouraging thanks a lot right it's just gonna happen right people will be critical it happened to David on the, uh, on the battle of the Goliath. His brother Eliab, who didn't have the courage to face Goliath, by the way. But he, you know, had all kinds of a talk that he, that he said to David, right? Tell him to go back and tend the sheep. Probably the same with Nehemiah, right? His critics no doubt said things like, who does he think he is? Like, does he really think he can build this wall? And notice the allegation in verse 19, are you rebelling against the king? See, no leader is immune to criticism and no leader leader serves without opposition. And our job as leaders is to be keep moving forward. Listen to Nehemiah's response in verse 20. He says, and I then replied to them, the God of heaven will make us prosper and when his servants will arise and build, but you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem like he doesn't argue with them right he doesn't try to convince them w- with a business plan or, or try to assure him that the king was on his side no he simply says this this is God's project right and God will give us success he's like telling them like this doesn't involve you in a few weeks we're gonna look more closely at the whole opposition thing but for now Just know if you respond to your critics, Nehemiah shows us how to do it, right? You do it with few words as possible, and you keep focused on what God is calling you to do. The preparation process leads us to what Nehemiah 2 verse 18 says, and they said, let us rise up and build so they strengthen their hands for the good work. Next week, Pastor Matt's going to talk about chapter 3 and how this project got started but today I want you to realize that Nehemiah was not an overnight success. He spent time preparing for the work that God had him to do. He did his homework. He was able to answer the questions he did. He, when the door of opportunity opened, he was ready and willing to walk through it. He spent time in prayer. He put the time and energy in that it took, and he faced the opposition. Why did he do all that? Because he knew that the God of heaven was behind him, and would give him success. Just remember, before God can use you, he will prepare you. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word today. God, I want to thank you for the preparation process. God, as we move forward in what you would have us to do here in our community, God, we want to, Be a people of prayer. God, when opposition comes, we want to be a people that is focused on you and you alone. So God, I want to thank you for all that you do for us. I want to thank you as we celebrated this morning that Jesus went to the cross for our sins. God, let us take that message of the gospel and let us speak speak it loudly the Father use us to reach our community